Welcome to a Pulp Event Podcast, brought to you by the PulpNet, your link to the online world of the Pulp Magazines for over 25 years. Learn more about the Pulp Magazines through articles, blogs, bibliographies, links, over 100 episodes of this podcast, and much more, at thepulp.net. In this Pulp Event Podcast, artists Don Simpson, Mark Schultz, and Mark Wheatley discuss illustrating Robert E. Howard's Conan the Barbarian for books and magazines. The presentation was part of a celebration of 90 years of the great pulp heroes. This podcast was recorded on August 4th at Pulp Fest 2023 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Don begins. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Donald Simpson and I'm an exhibitor at the show. And I'm completely superfluous to the panel because I've never illustrated Conan for the commercial market, but my our two featured speakers certainly have. Uh, Mark Schultz, I got to know him. He was being published by my publisher, Kitchen Sink Press, doing a, a series called Xenozoic Tales, or Xenozoic Tales, also known as Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, and was the longtime author of uh, Prince Valiant in the Sunday Papers, many other projects in between. To my left and to my far left is Mark Wheatley, who I also got to know uh, in the 80s uh, in the independent comics boom. He was collaborating with another Mark, Hempel, on a series for First Comics called Mars. I only work with Marks. <laughs> Mark, Mark, and Mark. Um, and he's done numerous projects since then, Frankenstein, Mobster, and uh, a number of, <laughs> excuse me, uh, ERB covers and so forth, and Grace Bros covers. Um, so when Mike Chomko asked me to, to moderate, uh, the first thing that, that I thought of was of all the adventure characters that I read as a teenager, um, the one that I might be most intimidated to illustrate would have been Conan because of the caliber of, of great illustrators. And uh, this did not hinder these two gentlemen uh, at all. Uh, Maybe a little. That's what little, ego is for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, I guess we're going to start with, uh, with you talking about exactly what you did with Conan, how it came about. Were you approached... Did you try out? Was this a lifelong ambition? How did this uh, fill us in on that part first? Well, Mark, you're up. So did I go first? Okay, well, yeah, I discovered, I discovered uh, Robert E. Howard's work in general through reading Richard Lupoff's Edgar Rice Burroughs' Master of Adventure. He recommended, if you liked, if you liked the Tarzan stories, he says Conan is not Tarzan. He's not a ripoff of Tarzan, but he obviously was inspired by Burroughs' success, and I, I, that combined with the Frank Frazetta covers on many of the paperbacks was uh, enough to get me on board, and it didn't take long for me to quickly differentiate between the pastiches and, and Robert E. Howard's you know, original works of Conan. How, how, how old would you have been? I've been 13, I think, when I Perfect started. Age. 14, yeah, that's the age you gotta get. Now, the nice thing about Howard, though, is he was a, a real good writer. I mean, he was a great wordsmith as well as a great storyteller. And in my opinion, his, his writing holds up very well. Some stuff I read as a kid doesn't hold up as well as an adult, but Howard's work just kind of gets better. But anyway, uh, I, of course, I always loved the idea of being able to illustrate Conan, didn't think it was going to happen. 
And then I was offered a job with Wandering Star, the English publisher that was doing the original versions of the stories that Howard wrote, not the stories that had been adapted by other writers. What, the, what year would that have been and what, what stage of your career? Oh, that was early 2000s. I was asked to be on board with this book and it was the middle of my career. I'd, I'd actually gone away from illustrating for several years. I was writing Superman and, and, and that is, was taking up the bulk of my time and income. So it was kind of intimidating just on that level alone to get back to illustrating. Uh, but also, I think the number one thing anyone doing Conan these days, and I think Mark will probably agree, is as, as Don alluded to, you gotta get over the, uh, the, uh, the notion that Frank Frazetta uh, represents the be all and end all of what Conan can be. It certainly is a powerful, extremely powerful version of Conan that has been incredibly influential. But if you read Howard's stories, you read the Conan stories, it, it's just one aspect. Uh, what what Frazetta did so well is just one aspect of Conan. And in this piece, which was my original kind of based on my model sheets for the, the book I was going to illustrate, I wanted to show the idea that Conan was not just a, a, a berserk warrior who was scowling all the time, but he was a I wanted to, I was hoping to get the feeling of, of, of command, someone you'd, you'd trust and go into battle with. What, what was your process? So you get this assignment, what was your process to go back and read? Yeah, yeah. To look at particular... Yep. I had to, I had a set number of stories I was charged with illustrating in the book. So I, I went through those and I made uh, copious notes on various scenes that I thought would work well as illustrations. Um, and what, what kind of research, aside from, from the material, do you, like, your broad axe collection, your shield collection, what, what do you look at what, what in classical history, for example? Uh, well, yeah, uh, Howard stories are based on his interpretation of different historical periods, so I did do some research on that. I did model shoots with, uh, with people, actual humans I know, who were patient enough to... And I actually had that sword. I had uh, a sword maker make an actual broadsword for me to use. Wow. So that was fun. Have you ever fought with a broadsword? Uh, well, no. I <laughs> last maybe oh, 10 seconds before it'd be exhausted. I lasted about 15 minutes. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie uh, 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 Robin and Marion with Sean Connery uh -huh. and the fight with. Uh, at the end where they're just exhausted hacking away at each other. There's yeah. nothing romantic about oh, yeah. it. That's, that's pretty much, I think, what the closest to reality. It's not Conan, mm -hmm. but that, you know. Yeah, the so, real yeah. sword fight. Yeah. Was there anything that you found in, in your research, going back to those stories that, that you felt had not been brought out by previous illustrators? Was that, was that a goal, or was it more important just continuity and not oh boy, sticking a, out? Or? That's a complex question. Jeez. Give me an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think that's all in the back of my mind. I'm, I'm, just, in, I'm just kind of trying to overcome my own fear <laughs> and, and that it's not going to be presentable at all in my version. So I, there's a lot of give and take showing it to other people, getting other people's opinions. There's a lot of showing it to the editors, making sure that they were happy with what I was doing, you know, preliminary work. So. 
Yeah. Is it just the tradition, all those big name illustrators, that yeah. that, that in itself is, is just daunting, I would imagine? Yeah, it is. And, and it's the whole history of illustration of this type of story. I mean, as much as I'm intimidated by the notion of Frank Rosette, I'm intimidated by N.C. Wyeth, too, who did great, you know, warrior-type armored illustrations. So, yeah, it's just... You did okay. You did all right. Well, thank you. <laughs> If you say so. I'm, st I'm still debating that. I would have choked, so. All right. Yeah. Oh, this, All right. this is another one of Mark's. Oh, yeah. This I is guess. Queen of the Black Coast. Yeah, and, and we'll see. If we, this is going to be an example of how... We both Mark, did Mark, the same we, scene. Right, from yeah. the same story. And this was my interpretation of the climatic scene from Queen of the Black Coast. Right. Uh, and and was, this was not done for the book, though. This was... Was this a private commission, or what was this? This done? was done for a role-playing game. Oh, okay. Um, Mordefius, which I, I think is out of England, I forget now. It was done ten years ago, maybe. But this, now this, as opposed to the previous piece, which was an, an oil piece, this was done. This is watercolor, and touched up a bit with uh, wolf pencil, which is a, a carbon pencil to kind of unify the colors and tighten up details. But it was, it's, the format is it's because it's a, it's a wraparound cover. So what you see on the left half of the piece is on the back cover of the book, and what you see in the right half is what you'd actually see on a shelf looking at it uh, with the title across the top. Right, so then we have this. And this was a piece that I did. Um, it was a com private commission for the uh, curator of the Norman Rockwell Museum. And uh, this was his favorite Conan story, and he asked me to do the illustration for him. And uh, my take on this was, you know, when I'm reading, illustrating a story, any story, uh, the, the man who gave me my first professional art lesson was Kelly Freeze. And he drummed it into me in each lesson that he gave me that he would read the story for enjoyment, then he would read the story and make notes, and then he would read the story and make notes. He would at least do it three times, and if he felt the need, he would go back and read sections later. And every time he would make notes or highlight things in the story, so he would, you know. But he always insisted you read it the first time for enjoyment, because you want to bring mm -hmm. what any reader would bring to it, the enthusiasm and fulfillment of that. So I read the story a number of times, and. Everybody has tended to go to an ape with wings uh, that has illustrated this, but he never actually describes it as an ape uh, in the story. It's more of a monstrous, simian-type creature. And so I took, pushed it more into a horrific monster sort of look for my own uh, approach. Um, and, and I'm just going to say, that's interesting, because when I was a kid reading uh, Howard's stuff, the Conan, I thought, man, there's so much description in there. I can see everything. The author is giving me everything. But then you go back as an adult and read it, and no, he leaves a lot to your individual yeah. imagination. Yeah, and, and so, like Mark and I, interpret it in very different ways. And most of his description really goes to mood and, and yes. place and action. Yes. So you're coloring it yourself. You're filling in a lot of the details. So uh, anyway, my, my personal influence for, for Conan comes from... Uh, I would say Roy Krenkel really established the Hyborian Age, and his influence on those Frazetta paintings is extremely important. Frazetta's style and action and just virility is, you know, extremely important. But then from there, you know, by then, 
Frazetta led me to the Brandywine illustrators, and I fell in love with the Brandywine illustrators. Um, uh, N.C. Wyeth is probably top of the list, but Howard Pyle and Schoonover and uh, all of them, True, and, and I mean, there's so many, so many, so many. So um, by the time I get to doing my Conan, um, I'm distilling all of that, plus I really like mid-century illustrators who were doing illustrations for magazines, and so they tend to be more um, brushy and less blendy. And so I'm, I use a bolder brushstroke. I like to see a strong brushstroke in what I do, and I think that brings action to things. It gives you more, um, it, it involves the viewer more because you have to blend things in your mind when you look at it. At least that's what I'm hoping. That's how I respond to it. When I well, let it. me bring it back to the, the question I asked. Uh, Mark Schultz, Mark Wheatley, what, how old were you when you discovered Conan? Uh, 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't start with the R-rated kind of stuff that Conan was. <laughs> now, so you said you, this was a private commission. It was, it was. It'll appear, it will be printed in my next project, which will start listening on Kickstarter on uh, the 18th of this month, and it's uh, called Nucleus, and if you want to know more about it, you can stop by my table. But uh, this will be printed there. Also, this is a digital painting. Um, uh, I've developed my own brushes, my own approach, but it started as a pen and ink uh, rendering with line art more in the style of, say, uh, Joseph Clement Call or maybe maybe a Gibson or a, you know, it's, it's got a lot of lines in it. <laughs> so um, he wanted that, and I like doing things in color, and so I turned it into a color painting, and he also got a large, oversized canvas print of the uh, digital painting to go along with it. Uh, and it's framed and hanging his foyer in his home now. Um, but uh, I've kind of lost where I was going with that, but anyway. But yeah, this, this, there is an original line art piece that'll also be printed in the, in the magazine, and you can compare and contrast. Oh, actually, you can do it that way. There it is, I forgot I had it in there. Now, both of you mentioned Frazetta and, and kind of, in a sense, implying that you want to go, kind of go before, kind of like the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood, kind of pre-Frazetta, going back to an even more primal interpretation. You want to kind of get to the, to the place where you're seeing the character through your own innocent eyes, not through these filters. How, how does that, is that a fair statement? You're, was that part of your... I think it's you're trying to bring... Nothing up. against Frazetta, per no, se. No. But, but, but you don't want to. There's way too many people that just ape Frazetta. And, of course, you're just aping someone. You're, you're not doing it well. But we, I think we both, yeah, we, you try to bring your own vision to it. And, and, and I think both of us pay a lot of attention to the illustrators that inspired Frazetta. And, and some that didn't inspire Frazetta. And you just... You, know. so you mentioned Pyle and, and Crankle. And well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Frazetta. My sure. signature originally was an imitation of Frazetta's signature. Mine too. Or yeah, yeah. Or but it's evolved mm -hmm. on its own and it's become the thing. But the thing of it is, is that if you want to be Frazetta, then you have to go back and be influenced by the things that influence Frazetta. You don't want to be influenced by Frazetta. You want to be influenced by what influenced Frazetta. <laughs> so... In the course of that, though, I branched off because I was more interested in other people. I'm not presented. I don't have his personality. I don't have his interests. So I followed off other paths. So it led me to a different 
form of expression. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I would say reading, reading Howard, pure Howard, yeah. uh, if you forget Frazetta, I think Krenkel is much more on the nose for the world and the people and the look. Uh, but, I, you know, I just can't discard the, the sheer power and virility that, that Frazetta brought to it. It's, it's, I, don't, I, I think if you read enough Howard, you feel that same element is in his work. But it's not necessarily the way for that product. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, here's a section that's pretty much uh, a run on Mark's work, so I'm going to let him oh, good go. Lord. just let me know when you want to move on. Well, this is interesting. This was a, uh, an oil piece that was done for, again, the Conan of Samaria uh, um, wandering star folk that was reprinted by Del Rey. But um, this, this is a neat evolution, and just thinking of what you were saying about brushwork, I, uh, I, I, this, the sketch I did, the preliminary for this in, in, involved a lot more detail on, on the bottom portion. It was just a pool of the, this pool of, well, this is a story, the, uh, the pool of the black one. Okay. So I wanted a black pool at the bottom, you know, just... But uh, man, I couldn't make it work. So there's a lot of black titles. It's hard to keep them straight. So sometimes when we artists are at a loss of how to make something work, you, you resort to lots of mist, <laughs> lots of smoke. <laughs> so those were big fat brush strokes there because I couldn't make it work, and I and I didn't have to worry about making his feet fit on the ground the right way too. It's the old, old trick of using uh, something to obscure the hardest, most difficult things to make work. Even, I mean. N.C. Wyeth did that too. It's not just, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's a, so this this evolved quite a bit, but this is this kind of was the, uh, you know, this is the uh, atypical, or not atypical, the typical girl in distress, Conan rushing to protect her type of deal, which has been admittedly done to death, but uh, but it actually happens in this story. The girl also rescues Conan at one point, so it, it balances out nicely. Now, just a technical question. You, you paint with paint and, and yeah. the art supplies. Have you tried digital? Have you... I, I, <laughs> I finally, last year, I taught myself to color digitally over my black line work. So, but no. Comic book, cartoon illustration? Yeah, cart mm -hmm. right, right. Just to fill in the, the spaces. But I know I'm, I'm still an old-fashioned do-it-by-hand guy. Uh, this, this was this. Now this is done with brush and ink, brush and India ink, which is the medium I'm most comfortable with. But this was a, an illustration of Conan again for that Wandering Star package. Now some of your your line work clearly that that uh, the lower bicep on the left arm is like that's Frazetta. Oh, you sure. studied Frazetta yeah. and the all muscles. the EC guys. And yeah, yeah, and and the people that influenced Frazetta. Frazetta too, his physique that. You know, just epitomized by his his uh, illustrations of Conan, he was looking at early bodybuilders like Eugene Sandow, who predated the modern look, the Arnold Schwarzenegger look, which is the inverted triangle, huge pecs and shoulders and stuff, which isn't really reflective of how a working person or a warrior the muscles that they need to do their job effectively. Uh, they need a real strong midsection, big wrists, and forearms. Uh, to do the kind of work with their, their tools. So I try to get my physique to kind of reflect that as opposed to what kind of became 
standard in, in the wake of the Schwarzenegger movie is that, that body by Nautilus look, which is, has nothing to, it's an aesthetic look, it's not a, a practical it look. It screams fake to me. It looks yeah. fake, yeah. So I, that was, and, and Frazetta did that very well. Again, looking back at the uh, early bodybuilders who were essentially working men that just cut down on their body, body fat. Now, now I see in his face here something different than you had in the portrait that was up first. Uh, the, the portrait, the color portrait, was a very sensitive sort of look to his face, and the barbarian is definitely in this one. Were yeah. you, is this a conscious difference? I, yeah, I guess, but you know, you need to do, you need to do, again, trying to show different aspects of Conan's personality. Yeah. Here he's supposed to look, you know, driven, he's on a mission here. Yeah. He's, he's coming to get whatever, you know, the point of view is of the reader. He's coming to get us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm seeing certain, like, kind of Egyptian, pseudo-Egyptian motifs in certain architecture. Oh, sure. So I'm how do you, there, there's room for invention, obviously, because this is pre, predating Greece and Rome and Egypt right. and all the civilization as we know it. What, how do you, now, how do you go about... Well, Howard used those things, uh, those are real civilizations as templates for his imaginary Hyborian age. Like Stygia was Egypt. So I, I, I you know... I, if, but you get to invent like a, a capital and yeah. you know, things that... Yeah, and sometimes it's just meandering around until something comes together that looks halfway decent. And sometimes it's actually doing research on the internet. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you, back in the day when I had to go to the library, we all had to go to the library to find what we could, and now you can just find a gazillion images in the snap of a finger online. Yep, big difference. But this, this is a brush and ink piece as well. And again, not a, any particular story, just kind of an iconic Conan scenes, how I love to write giant snakes. So. Are you approaching, now before you paint something, are you approaching your preliminaries in, in kind of a black and white state first? Yes. Not as detailed as this, obviously, or finished as this, but you're... But I'm trying to work out in my preliminaries the design of the piece, where to place the blacks against the whites to draw your eye, hopefully to the most... If I've done my job right, your eye goes first to Conan's face and head and then follows the snake around down to the girl and stuff, but it's right. When I do my preliminaries in pencil, I'm just trying to work out a strong design and uh, then I get the details worked in later. I picked up a great uh, couple pieces today for like preliminaries, uh, salt pepper, great oh, I, I looked at those. Just yeah. little, just little, but just beautifully worked out. Pencil pieces. Well, something like that previous image. I mean, I'm, I'm used to seeing your comic book pages, and you you would do uh, open borderless panels mm -hmm. as well. But a lot of your standalone illustrations could you know, just kind of fade off into the whiteness. And yeah, and sometimes it's just that feels right for a piece, and other times I want to. This is a border. Yeah, an edge to things. Trying to capture in this piece the uh, Howard would write these great scenes with Cyclopean temp temples. Cyclopean, he used the word Cyclopean a lot. Cyclopean stones. So I was just trying to capture that just massive interior feel of a temple. Yeah, how, did, how did you get the mist to flow right behind the characters to frame them in whiteness? But the, <laughs> then you have the. Uh, Isn't it nice the way mist works for you sometimes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And again, that was all worked out. That's stuff that I work out in the preliminary stage on another, on a preliminary piece. So I don't have to worry so much about it in the, uh, the finish. This is an illustration for the, uh, the first chapter of The Rogue in the House, Rogues in the House, where Conan is angry at an ex-girlfriend and he carts her off to dump her in the, the sewer. <laughs> nice added, pussy. I added the cat. <laughs> oh, sorry. But he could have killed her and he didn't. He killed her boyfriend, her new boyfriend, but he just, he just dumps her into... He's a barbarian with ethics. With ethics, right. This is a classic scene. Power of the Elephant, of course. And again, these, are, these black and white pieces are all brush and ink. You know, I'm seldom very happy when I get done with a piece. I'm always seeing everything I didn't do right. But I gotta say, one of the things that still makes me happy is that vase in the foreground. <laughs> I am happy with the way that turned out to this day. And, and I can't take it, but sometimes something channels through you and it just works out. I have no, I have no, uh, I have no rationale for why that Did you have a model out. for the vase? For the vase? Yeah. I, no, not exactly. I was looking at, I was looking at some of Mooka's uh, uh, vases right. and stuff, his Art Nouveau type of shapes, but. How much does a Grecian earn? Yeah. Now you, your 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 brush and ink mm -hmm. seem to have a little more uh, frizzetta flavor to my, eye, and your painting seem to have a little more pile. Do you f do you feel you have? That's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. All I see is Dan Smith. <laughs> well, Dan Smith, Dan Smith was a guy who introduced me to a technique called dry brush, which is you take your is your it a split brush? Ink split brush. You, you intentionally instead of being have a point on your brush, you intentionally split the hairs and you can drag it and have just these very almost painterly effects with ink. And I used it a lot in this piece to get the uh, background stuff happening. But yeah, but, but Downton, you're right. I think there's a lot of the ink line stuff I, I have incorporated in my work that came straight from Frazetta, yeah. You know the piece that Frazetta did illustrating uh, that Earth core thing where the wolves are coming and the guys being drug yes. up into the tree? Mm -hmm. Kind of an echo of the composition. No. Maybe the way I'm put spotting the blacks too. There's yeah. a lot of great black spotting in that. Yeah. In that piece. Yeah. Great character too. That that uh, Yag. I can't. I can't Yag, pronounce Yag the name. Yag Sozoff. Yeah, no. something Yag. That's we'll just call it Yag. Anyway, he has great character. That's an important Conan story because Conan starts it. He's it's a teenager in the story. He starts the story as someone who. The guy in a bar makes fun of him, so he kills the guy, you know, for making fun of him, essentially. And by the end of the story, he's doing a very empathetic thing to, to help this completely alien being. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, a, it's a real important, one of the most important Conan stories. He's, he's, you see his character evolve and be, start to become the person who would become a leader and eventually king. And that's a great thing. Another great thing, well, I love Howard so much, it's, they're meritocracies, the story. The guy comes from nothing, and, and he built it. He's not like a, turns out to be a prince, you know, or something in the right. end. He's yeah. just a regular son of a blacksmith who, uh, it's a real, uh, it's a real American type of, uh, Horatio Alger type of story. Uh, it's the Frost Giant's Daughter, the Tale of Ultimate Sexual Frustration. 
this is one, this is another brush and ink, and this one just wasn't working because it's, okay, here's, essentially there's two elements in this that are important, the, the girl rising up and, and Conan reaching for her, and, it, and those two elements just balanced out each other too much, and it just needed something, and finally I figured out I could put his sword in the, in the, stuck in the snow in the foreground, which creates a third element, and those three elements keep your eye moving around the picture, and without that sword, it just doesn't work. It didn't work, and I think that, that brought it all together. Your black and white design, though, is almost a yin and yang. That's what good black and white should be, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's grand. You don't have all the, the uh, tonal subtleties you do in paint. And this is another angry Conan with a... I think these are vampire uh, Vikings or something. And, uh, and again, this has nothing to do with Howard. This is for a comic book cover. And this is, the, on, the, on the left is the, uh, the original Wandering Star edition of Conan and Samaria, and the right is the, uh, the uh, um, Del, Rey. Del Rey, thank you, uh, version of that. And both those, both those paintings are, are, brush and ink, are brush and oil, oil paintings. The one on the left was, if you know the Schoonover, the pirate, Blackbeard the pirate, oh, yeah. holding up the torch, yeah, yeah. that was kind of the inspiration for that. Really? One. Okay, yeah. yeah. You did a better job. Oh, I love skin over. <laughs> yeah, I, I oh, think. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we're into my stuff. <laughs> so, uh, this is one of my commissioned Conan pieces. <laughs> Get this one out of the way. Uh, I was asked to do the official uh, Robert E. Howard Foundation Christmas card this year. And uh, so, uh, Conan uh, is all you know, wrapped up for Christmas. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, let's see. Here's here's a more serious approach. Um, so this is a cover I did for the foundation, which is planned to be the cover for the next edition of Blood and Thunder, which is Mark Finn's um, biography of Robert E. Howard. And so I uh, put all his characters, you know, prime characters anyway, uh, into a group, and uh, Texas Bob is there in the foreground. But for Conan. Um, I really, you know, would have loved to have seen the, the face that I always think of is Jack Plant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's really what I was going for there. I mean, the other characters, I don't know if you can identify them or not, but they, they should be obvious to anybody who's read a lot of um, Howard. I know a lot of artists who always say Charles Bronson for Conan. Yeah, well, but the I, personality. I, agree. I always argue... Yeah. Jack Palance. Yeah, he's got the right bone structure. Yeah, oh, he, didn't have the, he was flabby. He wasn't the right body, but he had the right face. I met Palance when he was in his 80s. He'd written a poetry book, and he was at a, he'd lived not far in northeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. And in his 80s, and he was still as big as a tree. Wow. Huge guy. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is a little closer to look. Uh, you can nice. really... Yeah. yeah. And this That's is digital, cool. too, right? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Do you still oil paint for collectors? For I, I never really oil painted. I love wash. Wash is my, mm -hmm. my uh, medium of choice. Uh, it paints like oils, but dries real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm using. I'm a fast yeah. painter. I, I, I'm, if I make a mistake, I paint over it and I keep moving. So uh, oils don't. Suit and digital me. dries very fast. <laughs> it does, it does. Yeah. Well, 
Mark, did you uh, uh, pose for that Conan for yourself? Yeah, they, they all posed for their <laughs> <laughs> um, So this is the cover uh, I did for the foundation for the third volume of the Collected Letters of Robert E. Howard. Um, this uh, had to be uh, licensed from Conan Properties, and uh, since uh, the foundation had no budget to license it, the deal was that uh, they would own my image if I did it. And since the foundation doesn't pay much, <laughs> uh, it was like, well, all right, I get to do Conan, I'll do one. Well, let, let me ask you how did, now they approached Mark Wheatley, did they heard of you, did you, get, you try out for this? How did, how did that okay, come Okay, so I did about? a book called Songs of Giants, which uh, was my volume illustrating poetry by Robert E. Howard, um, Edgar Rice Burroughs, and H.P. Lovecraft. And uh, that book won the Robert E. Howard Foundation Award for Best Publication. That what year? year. We and uh, hmm? what year? Uh, nineteen, I think. No, no. Yeah, nineteen. I think. Yeah, nineteen. Okay. Um, and uh, 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 Paul Herman, who uh, heads up the organization, uh, when he saw me uh, before the book came out, when I was still pushing the uh, Kickstarter for it. He saw me at uh, Windy City and walked over and he said, um, <clears throat> you do realize that not all of Howard's poetry is in the public domain. And I said, yes, I, Paul's a lawyer. Uh, I, I said, yes, I do. That's why I commissioned a search at the Library of Congress to cover my ass. <laughs> and he said, ooh, would you like to work for us? <laughs> and that started the thing. That was it. Mark, I, I wanted to ask you, what, what program do you use for your, your painting? Uh, a little program known as Photoshop. You Photoshop, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for a long time, I worked in uh, Corel Painter as well to get the more brushy, wet on wet paint and all that okay. sort of stuff. But they kept making their program more difficult to use, mm -hmm. and Photoshop kept improving the quality of their brushes, and I started creating some of my own brushes, and after a while, it was like switching back and forth between the two just was like a waste of time, and I just do everything in Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. Um, I work very large. That's one of the digital secrets, is I, my, my, my files are gigabytes. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. I'll work maybe 20 gigabytes on a file, and, then, and, and they're also big enough to be printed, you know, the size of a backdrop back here at 300 dpi, so. Um, do you work from, do they give you some kind of layout what the text is going to be on the back cover? And I do all the design work myself. I, mean, I don't let anybody mess with my stuff anymore. Everybody screws it up. <laughs> I mean, there was a time when, to, when companies thought it was worthwhile to pay a designer who was good and, you know, had a background in what they were doing. These days, they just think anybody can throw a title on something. I've got a font. Here we go, we've got a design. So anyway, I've studied typography and design and all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I was an art director for the Virginia Department of Agriculture for three years, and you know, I, you know, just, I got all this stuff. I was a printer. I, you know. So anyway, Frost Giant's Daughter, this is uh, the cover for uh, Swords of the North, coming out uh, this next year from uh, the Robert E. Howard Foundation. Uh, since I didn't actually show Conan, we did not have to license this one. Um, and the story itself is in the public domain. So, And she's not really naked, so you can put her on the cover. And again, this is a wraparound cover. All the covers that I designed for the 
ultimate edition of the books. By the way, that's, I should point out, all of these books um, are called the ultimate editions because since the original editions were done by the foundation, which are all very authentic, very heavily researched books, um, they found more manuscripts, more original source materials. So all these books are being expanded, and since they don't believe they'll ever find anything again, uh, they've decided these will be the final benchmark books. This will be the authority. So, um, this is uh, a piece I did for um, a, uh, a television production company that is looking to make a miniseries out of People of the Black Circle. Uh, it is a public domain story, which is why they believe they can do it. But Conan is a trademarked name, so they are not including Conan in the story. Instead, the main character is Turla O'Brien, which is another one of Howard's characters. And they asked me to create a more distinctive, different look than Conan for this. But still, keep it, you know. So, you know. Yeah. Now you're working, you're working in the ink? This is uh, brush, pen, and ink, yes, um, on the board. And then uh, they did want a color piece. So that's what I painted over that in uh, Photoshop. Do your do your preliminaries in, uh, start on paper before you? Did you know, I do all my layouts in digital. I draw the original thing in, uh, digitally, um, so it's it's constantly being rearranged until I like it, and mm -hmm. then I you know go print it out and I ink it. Um, and then it gets scanned back in, and then it gets painted. Do you do your drawings in Photoshop as well? Or, yeah, or, okay. you know, because... You don't use Illustrator. I work the exact same way Al did, except that it's digital. Okay. You know, everything's got overlays, it moved a little bit, size yep. changes, and, you mm -hmm. know, everything until I get it exactly the way I want it. Um, so, yeah, and the script for the miniseries, by the way, is remarkably faithful to the original material, but it's working from the... Um, uh, public domain version of the story. They have discovered an, an original manuscript before the publication mm -hmm. in Weird Tales that is about 30 pages longer with more action and more scenes, mm -hmm. and that is uh, going to be published soon uh, through the foundation. And unfortunately, because I was busy, they gave some other guy their job to illustrate it. So. <laughs> um, this is my take on King Conan. And I know people have pointed out that he'd be fried if he was really being struck by a lightning bolt. But it's a mystical lightning bolt. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's his queen there. So, uh, Zenobia, right? Zenobia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he's that's much good. older and he's got a beard. It's and as, be a as, as Mark proved, he can grow hair on his face. It's going to be a cover? Hmm? A cover, right? Um, it was done entirely for my own interest. Um, it wasn't for anything, but it will be appearing in my new project, Nucleus, which will be solicited through Kickstarter beginning the 18th. Um, and that's it, right there. And this is another piece that, that looks like it should be Conan, but it isn't. It's actually a character I created called the Ghost Warrior, which will be in Nucleus, which will be premiering uh, on Kickstarter on the 18th. Um, and uh, if you all had phones, you could scan that code or you could stop by my table to get more information. So. And then here, if you want to know more about Mark's work, uh, you should go to the FLESS site online, FLESS Publications. Um, Mark, you want to talk a little bit about your books? Well, the, on the right is Zenozoic, my uh, uh, 
kind of Hallmark series that Don mentioned earlier. You're we working were, for Hallmark cards? Hallmark, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't confuse the people. They don't oh, I'm know. sorry. <laughs> Well, you know, you would make some great Hallmark cards. <laughs> Robert Crumb started working for American Greeting. That's true. Yeah, yes. So there you go. Strange bedmates. Yeah. Anyway, Xenozoic collects my Xenozoic stories that Don had alluded to earlier uh, that I started back in the 80s. I am working on a new, after years of letting it lay fallow, I'm working on a new Xenozoic graphic novel right now. And uh, on the left, Oh, don't do that until it's done. Don't, don't, don't encourage me. Uh, and on the left is Storms at Sea, a, uh, a novella I wrote, heavily illustrated novella, and I'm working on a sequel to that as well. I was, I was living at Kitchen Sink Press at the time. Now, you sent like a giant box. Was that a big, big cardboard box? No, I just sent a... I, I, remember, I remember the art director, Pete Poplaski, and Dennis Kitchen just pouring over this guy's stuff. When and I, I was like, eh. <laughs> when I sent in the first stories, probably it came in. But remember, back in those days, we sent things by UPS. I mean, you didn't have to. You were there, but well, I but yeah, but but UPS was the preferred method back in those days. Um, so yeah, that that's two of the things I'm working with. And my my publisher is Fless Publications. Flesspublications.com will take you to not only. Uh, books available, but also uh, a gallery of my art for sale. <laughs> and uh, if you want to get the uh, Robert E. Howard uh, Ultimate Edition of the books, uh, you go to the Robert E. Howard Foundation Press website and uh, order them as they come out. And uh, I've done, I think, seven books that have been published so far. I'm ahead on it. I have more of them in the pipeline. Um, as they get their texts uh, cleaned up and edited and proofread, they pass them on to me and we get another one in the pipeline. Yeah. So uh, the three volumes of the letters are out now, the three volumes of the collected poetry, and uh, Steve Harrison, uh, Detective, I believe. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Next coming up, I think, is Swords of the North. And I think that's it. We're back to Pulp Fest. Do we have time for questions? And maybe you want to do Do have any questions? Yes. Yes. Mark Wheatley, I was interested to hear you say Kelly Freeze yes. told you he read the stories. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of mid-20th century illustrators for magazines and paperbacks. And almost all of them said they didn't, they didn't usually read. And he told me that too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he also told me how he got his artwork back from, from analog. Yeah. And that's a crazy story because they would throw it all away and he knew what day the garbage was going out. And he would go in and climb into the dumpster and not only get his artwork, but everybody else's artwork. Then he'd go up and say hi to John Campbell, hang out with him, go back home and call the other artists and say, so I've got your stuff. What do you want to trade for it? <laughs> nice. Another one? Last one. Any questions? George. George Hagman. I was curious, Mark Schultz, how long it took you to do the book? Oh, I think it was about a year. 
I think it's for here. You know, in the beginning, it's just a matter of uh, I do preliminaries and, and send them in and wait for a reply and doodle around. And, and then there's all the time I spent reading and taking notes, too. So it's kind of hard to really quantify, but I, I'd guesstimate a year. How many illustrations total? Well, there were different sizes. There was, what, seven paintings? There was 12, I believe, full-page black and white illustrations. And then there was a lot of chapter headers and tags to the story. So it was a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all, all right. for coming. Thanks. You've been listening to a Pulp Event podcast brought to you by the Pulp Net your link to the online world of the Pulp Magazines for over 25 years. Learn more about the Pulp Magazines through articles, blogs, bibliographies, links, over 100 episodes of this podcast, and much more, at thepulp.net. Also, look for the Pulp Net on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening, and keep reading the Pulps. This Pulp Event Podcast is copyright 2023 by William P. Lampkin. All rights reserved.